being in that industry teaches you that you can do anything to yourself physically, but it's not going to affect how, like you have to find that happiness within yourself Mm -hmm. about yourself and accept yourself as you are. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to the Real Health, Real Talk podcast. My name is Ebony May. I'm a girl in my early 20s, a personal trainer and a soon-to-be nutritionist. I'm extremely passionate about holistic health and inspiring others to live happy and healthy lives. My goal and purpose in life is to encourage girls and women to feel good in and about their bodies. I interview some amazing women and share my own experience and knowledge in some solo episodes. Now, without further ado, let the real talk begin. Hello guys, welcome back to the Real Health Real Talk podcast. This is an episode interview with myself and Ellie Levens. We had the best talk. We talked about bub life, exercise, what her idea of real health is, and it was just a really interesting chat. I hope you guys enjoy it. Just a quick reminder that the giveaway is going to end after this episode airs. So after you've listened to it, don't forget to enter and share on your story tagging me at Ebony May Health. You listening to the podcast and then sometime next week, I'm going to be announcing the winner. So I'm really excited for that. Make sure you enter because it's all my favorite like health foods and products and it's going to be amazing. P.S. I have such bad hay fever since I've been home. So that is why I sound like I have a cold. Not a cold, just hay fever. It sucks. Hope you guys like the episode and I'll talk to you soon. So welcome to the Real Health Real Talk podcast. Thank you for coming on with me. No worries. Thanks for having me. And have me in your home. It's so exciting. <laughs> um, and if you guys hear anything, it might be Molly. Um, <laughs> My bulldog. She's chewing away at her toy and she snores when she sleeps. So. If you guys have Ellie on Instagram, you'll see pictures of Molly. She's very, very cute. So she is here as well. Welcome to the Real Health Real Talk podcast, Molly. Um, before we dive in, I want to start with a real recap. So I, you're, you've just moved and I'm just moving moved, yeah. this week. So that's funny. And we both just finished uni for the year. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very hectic week for me, finishing assignments and stuff. What have you been up to this week apart from... Um, yeah, I had my last uni assignments due Friday and then Monday. So I was doing that and slowly packing and moving things. And we moved on Tuesday. And then now we're just kind of settling in and getting Rocky used to the new environment. Um, little ones don't necessarily love change that much mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's I feel like this is like the last kind of thing that I'm doing and then I'm just whatever going with the flow and oh no I've got a hens weekend this week oh, so exciting. yeah that'll be fun <laughs> but yes so I always like to ask my guests what does real health mean to you um I think it's it's physical emotional mental it's everything and it's being in a content place with your mind Mm -hmm. if that kind of works yeah so not I think you know you can be as physically healthy as you want but if you're not emotionally in a good place or mentally in a good place it doesn't really matter you Mm -hmm. know well I was talking to a guest that I had yesterday um do you think that your philosophy around health has evolved like as you've gotten older and has it become sort of more holistic as you've gotten older or is that something from your upbringing that you've been taught yeah I was lucky mum was pretty like always into the naturopath kind of avenue um and yeah but I definitely think as I've gotten older I'm much more I'm not strict but I'm much more into educating myself about things and then my actions will follow through on that so I think like knowledge is power you know people say that but I like I research things and then that makes me want to do that or try that and see how that goes yeah um but yeah I do think yeah my I guess when I was you know 18 19 20 my idea of health is a lot different to where I am now yeah, yeah. I feel like it changes a lot and it's a very um it's a very ever-changing industry I totally guess. and like there's so much information everywhere all the time and it's I can imagine like you know you and myself we've done nutrition degrees and we're in the health I guess this health industry and Mm -hmm. so you kind of learn to what to pay attention to and what not to but I can imagine if you're not able to do that or you don't have a background in that um, and even just going to uni being able to look at journal articles and know Mm -hmm. what they mean and where they come from and if they're legit like if you don't have that then I imagine it'll be really hard to navigate your way through the health industry yeah. and what's what and what's actually good for you and what's not because you can google anything and you can be like the positives of this and it'll tell you the positives or you can google the negatives and it'll tell you all the negatives exactly and, so you get and stuck. even if you find an article 
I feel like if you want to believe something, you will find something to support totally. that no matter what. It could be a study with one sample. Yeah. The person who wrote the study yeah. was the sample. So exactly. you have to be really careful. But it that's one of the reasons I started studying was because I was so sick of when I was 17 going onto YouTube or like Instagram and mm-hmm. seeing one thing and being like, okay, this is what I can live by. Yes. And yeah, the yeah, next totally. day it being a complete contradiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really hard, I think, to sort of sort through all the information that's out there. Yeah especially if you haven't had experience with looking at like peer-reviewed articles and that sort of thing. Yeah, totally. Um, very daunting. But yeah, very, very like, I guess it's, yeah, just really susceptible to change because we're finding out new things all the time. Um, but yeah, it's important to do your research, I think. Yeah, it's definitely a progressive industry. Mm. So it's always progressing and going forward and finding things. But sometimes I think bringing it back to basics is so important. And just, like, you can, like, you know, everything gives you cancer these days, mm-hmm. as, like, everything would tell you. And it's, like, you can't – you've got to find something that works for you and yourself and your yeah. body, you know, and then go with that, I think. Because sometimes, like, you know, Charlie, um, Rocky's dad, he runs better off carbs. I die without carbs. Like, I am a hungry, hangry <laughs> person. And so I just think it's, like, everyone's body just works differently depending on how, like, what it goes off, what it's best yeah. run by. And we're all doing different things as well. I yeah. think that if you try to eat the exact same thing as somebody who works from home and doesn't exercise, mm-hmm. then and but you're exercising, you've got to walk to work. Totally. Like that, it's going to be completely different. So I think that – I think – it's really funny because I think there's been some sort of movement lately that's going way back to how we used to eat. Yes. Way, way back. Yeah. And it kind of makes me laugh sometimes because I feel like as humans we complicate everything and we like things to be complex. Mm-hmm. There's that movement coming back to that. So I guess trying to simplify it and just what works for you works for you. And if it's yeah. not what you see on Instagram but it's working for you, yes. it's okay. Exactly. Like, mm. Exactly. Um, so for those of the listeners who don't know who you are or what you do, can you just give a little brief introduction? Okay. Well, my name is Ellie. I'm 27. Oh my gosh. It seems so weird to say. <laughs> um, I was a, so I grew up just in a little family house, pretty relaxed, um, played a lot of sport, a lot of basketball, um, and then finished school, stopped playing basketball and kind of got stuck with, okay, well, what do I do now? Because I'd been doing basketball for so long at quite a high level. And so I was fit from that. And then I stopped and I was like, oh, like I have to go to a gym or something. And I remember being really like weirded out by that. Mm. So I started doing that and I decided to get my personal training thing. Um, I don't know if I ever thought I would use it, but I just thought it would be a handy thing to have to know, like Mm -hmm. to know how to work out by yourself and all the ins and outs of that. And so I did that at the same time as doing my Bachelor of Health Science degree. And I also started to get into modeling. I think I started modeling when I was actually about 15. Um, But mum and dad were like, you know, if we see a change, because obviously there's a lot of um, stereotypes around that industry. And they were very like, if we see any change in your exercise and diet, like you're out and you need to do a degree at the same time. So I chose to do health science, um, psychology, nutrition. I always thought I wanted to be a child psychologist, but as I've gotten older, I'm glad I didn't go down that avenue because I don't think I would have been able to separate. Um, like, I'd take all of it home. Or yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I find yeah. that really hard. Um, and then, so I started my own personal training and nutrition consult business after I finished my degree um, while modelling. So I did that together, which was really good. It complemented itself. I'd do early mornings and evenings and then model during the day. And I was pretty much like living the life. Like mm. I was just, um, you know, out for breakfast every day. And it was, it was really lovely. Um, and then, and it's funny because when I look back and I'm like, oh, I took that for granted. Yeah. Like I just, not because of Rocky now or anything, but just, you know, when you're in the thick of it, it's so hard to see like how good you actually have it. And then you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, like that was just the days. Like yeah. I, I didn't have to worry. Well, I mean, I was running a business and stuff, but I didn't really have to, like it was pretty, it was great. Um, I've lived in New York and LA for modeling, um, but that wasn't that's kind of the point where I realized modeling wasn't for me I always knew it wasn't going to be a long-term thing mm-hmm. um but sorry it's my it's my dog <laughs> um she has trouble breathing because her nose is so like squished in <laughs> um but yeah so I 
realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do. And in LA, it's really hard. You have to drive for ages. Have you ever been to LA? No. no. So it's like everywhere is like at least an hour's drive. Yeah. And so you really have to want it. And I pretty much got there and was like, this is not what I want to be doing because I cannot be bothered. Um, came home, pretty much stopped that. And then started... Think I'm all over my timeline on this, but I did my personal training nutrition, nutrition business, and then I got pregnant. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I was 23 when I found out I was pregnant, 24 when I had Rocky, and now, yeah. So then I, I always knew I would be a teacher. I always that was definitely something I always knew I would be, but I didn't know when. And then I had Rocky. Um, and we separated. So Charlie and I co-parent now. We have since Rocky was about eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually just started co-living together. So we've had about a three-month trial. And now we've done it for real. Um, and, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Studying, raising Rocky, who's just turned three. Um, and, yeah. That's a lot. I feel, And this is what I said to you when I wanted to interview you. I was like following and like learning a little bit more about you I feel like there's been so much change over like what like five ten years um but I really want to dive into like different aspects of that so Mm -hmm. as you've said you've got a beautiful little girl Rocky Mm -hmm. um but I kind of want to touch on a few things before you were a mum yes so you spoke a little bit like briefly about modeling how Mm -hmm. how do you how did that start were you was that something you always wanted to do did you stumble upon it I don't think I'd ever considered it. Like I knew I was tall and I knew I was skinny and genetically that's what my family are. So my brothers are like six foot seven, six foot three, and we're all skinny. Um, and so I guess it was always something that maybe mum had been spoken to about, about me, yeah. but not, I don't think I'd ever really realized. And then it must've just come into my, like, I don't know, must've started thinking about it. And I was babysitting and the auntie of the kids I was babysitting was a photographer and she was like, you should go into this agency and become a model. And I went home and I was like, mom, I think I want to do this. Like, let's go see. And I went in and it just kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was never something I was like hanging out to do or like waiting till I was 15 to do. And it was never something that I saw as long-term. Yeah. So I think I was lucky in that sense because I didn't like, if I didn't get a job, I didn't, go well at a casting nothing came from it I didn't care because I had other things going on I was studying and I was I worked at Coles as a checkout chick for like five years while I was modeling like I had all the other stuff happening yeah um and I think it's one of those things if you put all your eggs in that basket you have so much more weighing on that yeah whether for me I didn't and yeah so it was it was a great experience and I definitely like you know now every time I kind of model I'm like this is why I don't do this anymore, but it is nice to do it every now and then. And you meet so many beautiful people and you hear so many beautiful stories from all over the world. And the creative, creative people are so interesting and like their way they view the world is so interesting. And so I definitely think, and being a young girl at the time, like 15, I worked with a lot of older people and I think it definitely contributed to maturing quickly, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely not something I wish I didn't do. I think I gained so much life experience from it and I'm very thankful for it, but I'm also glad not to be doing it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think if there is one lesson that modeling taught you, what would that be? Or the experience of modeling? Um, I don't know how to word it, but like, I mean, obviously in our society, we have this ideal image let's say women the mm-hmm. men too but because we're women um and I just like I have met some of the most beautiful human beings on the surface level and they are so unhappy and I just think if anything it just being in that industry teaches you that you can do anything to yourself physically and you can but it's not going to affect like you have to find that happiness within yourself mm-hmm. about yourself and accept yourself as you are because like you everyone's everyone sees faults in them does that make sense yeah. Do you know what I'm kind of saying like yeah. you can you come across so many be- beautiful societies deemed beautiful people and I'm doing inverted commas I I'm like that. people I'm like... can't see me <laughs> um and it just it doesn't matter yeah like and that's what I say when I, when health it's it's so much mental as well it's everything because yeah it just it doesn't it really doesn't matter if you don't accept yourself as you are and you're not happy within yourself that's going to shine through Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah 
So the you ran like a personal trainer slash nutrition business. Was that after modeling? I was still modeling, so okay. it was kind of at the same time. Okay. So I was running boot camps, which were my favorite because it's that sense of community that I think is really important in fitness. I love boot camps. Um, yeah, yeah, like boot camps all together and lots of boxing. It was just in parks. It was really relaxed. I didn't charge very much. I'm not a very good businesswoman. I don't I feel bad charging for things because I'm like, I just want to share this with you. Like I'm very, I don't know, airy-fairy about it and I don't like the money thing. But so I did that and then I did nutrition consulting, but that that was a really hard one. And like, you'll probably, you end up going into that, end up, end up seeing that a lot of nutrition stuff is people's own not demons, but they can't, like, a lot of the time I think they need to be seeing a psychologist instead of a nutritionist. Yeah. If that means. Well, I yeah. think they probably need to be seeing... Both. Yeah, Everyone. It's, like, it's hard because yeah. people think that food is just this, like, thing you can write off, but food is something that you do every single day. You eat every single day. So it's obviously have has these connotations with other, mm-hmm. other issues that a person may have. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to be like, okay, well do I go see a nutritionist first or do I go see like it's yeah I think that's it's yes. so like and that's what habits. I found like you know just even take away the food from it it's breaking habits yeah and we do not humans do not like change we love our habits and we get comfortable and we want to stay in that space and essentially like if you're going to see a nutritionist because you don't you know you think they'll fix it for you then that's not going to work if you think I'm ready to do this myself and I'm ready to make changes to be a better version of myself, then that will work. But a lot of the time you get the people who are like, oh, if I just see them and they tell me what to eat, then I'll just eat that and then that will work. But Mm -hmm. they can't sustain it because they're not ready for that change. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think it's a bit like sometimes people have a gym membership and they don't go. But they feel better because they have the gym membership. Exactly. Yeah, it's... It's definitely a complicated subject. And I think, I don't know if you've found this, but I guess you, have you done psychology as well? I did psych in my undergrad, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this happened to you, but like through studying nutrition, I went down such a rabbit hole. Like Then I did, did PT because I was like, okay, the physical like is so mm-hmm. important as well as like the nutrition. But now like I'm going into like, I'm doing a class at the moment about like addictive behaviors because I was like, that's really important. And mm-hmm. then I've got another course I'm going to do about emotional eating. And yeah. it's like, it's so crazy because health and like we just said before it just encompasses so many things so did you find that overwhelming when you were doing that like with all the different aspects of health um as in when I was running the business yes they were quite separate so I definitely found that as I said before the nutrition hard I found that really frustrating because I'd be like do this and like I was young then I was only I don't know 22 I'd be like, do this. And then someone wouldn't do it. And then they'd be like, okay, what do I do now? And it's like, you're not listening to me. Like I said, do this. Like, why are you not? But I didn't quite understand. Like it's taken me to, you know, now to be like, okay, well, change is really hard and people don't want to change and all that kind of stuff. But boot camp wise and PT wise, definitely like, I've lost the question. It's gone. So like, was it overwhelming with all the different <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, and being in the modeling industry too, yes. And I was probably, I was a lot younger and I, I never posted anything bad on Instagram or anything like that. But I definitely, I mean, if you look at mine now, there's no like real, and I'm not saying that there's a problem with doing bikini shots or anything like that. But I was very like, you know, modelly, I guess. I don't know how to put it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then slowly that's evolved into being stronger and healthy and mentally healthy and emotionally yeah. and spiritually and all those kind of things. And so I definitely think as you get older, you evolve yeah. as yourself. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. I think you've been through so many different experiences. And because you're very real on your Instagram, your Instagram feed reflects that. Yeah. You know, the, like the ebbs and flows that you're going through with that. Yes. Sorry, Molly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just think that the health and wellness industry can be overwhelming and I guess that's why you too have tried to educate yourself mm-hmm. to, to know, to be able to recognize, well, no, that is definitely not a good thing. Yeah. Like, you know, we look at when I, I mean, when I was younger, I was like, oh, skinny me teas, like, cool. These look, well, not skinny me, but like any of the teas, you know, and they would contact me and I'd be like, oh, like, 
do you think that's legit? Mm. And then after a while, you're like, oh my God, that's so bad for you. And then you evolve to like, do you know what I mean? Like just further on and yeah, it's just, I don't know. And I think that sometimes I've gotten a little bit of, I guess, um, backlash from, because I'm a nutritionist, they'll be like, oh, is this good or is this good? Mm -hmm. And they tagged me in a post um, for a certain company that was like a tea brand and um, they were like, is this good? And I'm like, no. Like, and then gave a few reasons. And I had no idea. Like, they, I did not think they would even, like, recognize it or see it. And they, like, sent me a message saying, like, oh, just so you know, like, blah, 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 blah. And I think that, like, it can have really great ingredients and all that sort of stuff. But I think it comes back to, like, what is the message underlying that The product? quick fix message. Exactly. And that's mm-hmm. what I have the issue with. Yes. Even if it's so, so healthy, like, I, I have an issue with that there's no quick fix and it's something that you continue doing like it's you can't have a quick fix and then go back to your old habits and then do it up like it just doesn't work like that yeah it's and it's people get stuck in that mentality of thinking okay well i'm gonna try this and then it won't work and then i'll try this Mm -hmm. whereas i think like striving for overall health is so important yeah and i think there's nothing wrong with having a like a goal in terms of your physique or a fitness goal. Totally. But I think that what it needs to come back to is remembering that, like, you only have one body and everything that you do. And that's where it comes in because I'm not super, like, um, strict at all. I think that because of, like, the mental part of it, like, you can't be strict. Like, if you're not enjoying no, it... You want to enjoy I think life. restriction can be so yeah. damaging. And, like, I'm celiac, so I have to sort of mm-hmm. restrict, obviously. But even that sometimes is really frustrating because, oh, yeah. you know, like, yesterday I was at Torquay... And I was trying to find, like, a place where I could eat. Even that's just really frustrating. So, like, I think making food an obsession... Like, you can make food an obsession by fixating on it too much. Totally. And by restricting yourself too much. So, yeah. I, don't, I think we just went down a complete tangent. But, yeah. Totally. The, um, the quick fix, that's what I have an issue with. And I think even if... Yeah, even if it's amazing ingredients, like, it's not about, like, what to put in your body for optimal weight loss or what to put in your body that's like because we're not robots and at the end of the day I'm sure that there's a diet that we should probably like follow individually that's like going to be get hit out like um macro micronutrients like out like all of our requirements but that's not factoring in that no. we are humans it's not factoring no, in the seasons you wanna, like you know even because I'm you know I'm going on a hen's weekend mm-hmm. I'll just go wild yeah I will probably won't feel great after it yeah but you've got to have fun and that's the other part that's the mental part you or the emotion I don't know whatever that taps into but you've got to have fun like 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 you can't take life too seriously and being super restricted like food is such you know you catch up with people for coffee you catch up with people for brunch and that's like fueling our souls like you if yeah. you're really restricting and you want to stay home and not do anything then that's like you're losing that part mm-hmm. so yeah what do you like you're what do you call it cost and loss is that a thing oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but do you know what I mean yeah I'm putting my hands up like a balancing (laughs) beam right now but yeah I think and that's what I mean like I think it's about finding that balance in every aspect like you know for me sometimes I'm going I'll go for a run one day I'll go for a run and eat amazingly and the next day I'm like you know what I want to watch a movie and I want to eat chips Mm. and that's that's fine. Like I don't beat myself up about it. I'm like, that's what I needed on that day. And I got my little time and now I'm ready to go again. And Mm -hmm. it's not this whole, oh, because I did this, I have to do this. It's just, oh, that's obviously what I felt like I needed to do. Cool. Tomorrow I'm going to do this because that's how I feel now, you know? And it's that, it's choosing that approach over the all or nothing approach because you hear that saying all the time, I've fallen off the bandwagon, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to fall off the bandwagon if there's not a bandwagon to yes, fall Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, you know, sometimes you can get into a rut and yeah. I use that differently to the bandwagon because it's not once or twice. It's like, and I've done that before and it's definitely since having Rocky and Rocky's not a great sleeper and I'm, I'm tired a lot of the time, but I think that's also just adult life and mum life. Um, yeah. But I like, you know, I used to work out all the time and then I'll get into a rut and I'll work out maybe twice a week, three times. Mm-hmm. And then I have to consciously go to myself, okay, you feel better when you work out more. 
So this, yeah. you're going to make an effort. Now, whether that's just a yoga class, whether it's a 20-minute workout with Rocky in the backyard, I just know, like, consciously, I'm going to up that to five times a week, you yeah. know? And that's, I think it's different to falling off the bandwagon because it's more you get into a rut and you just kind of are happy sitting in that rut and it doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. but you know you can feel better if you pull yourself out of it. Yeah, about being self-aware as well. Yes. I saw one of your Instagram posts that you made a while ago and it was... Um, about how you're saying like isn't it funny how when we feel crappy oh my we gosh, do the things crazy, that make yeah. us we perpetuate that and do the things that make us totally. feel crappy and when you posted that that day I was like just in one of those moods where mm-hmm. I I didn't go for a walk in the morning and then I was like oh like and I really oh, it really does me good like I think it does everyone feels like yeah. just going for a walk physically mentally um and then I just couldn't be bothered. So I was doing things that, like, you know, stay, like yeah. sleeping in didn't make me feel very good because mm-hmm. I like being up in the morning. I, was, I think I was, like, binging, like, a Netflix series or something. And I knew that what was going to make me feel better was going for a walk, getting outside, being active. Mm-hmm. I knew that was what was going to make me feel worse was just, like, staying and, like, being, like, stale. And, yeah. I think it's that saying, like, we're our own, our own worst enemies mm-hmm. sometimes. And I really think we can be, like exactly like that like when I feel crap and when I'm tired I just want to look at my phone I can't be bothered playing with Rocky I just want to like I just want to be in Silla and you know mm-hmm. not be around people I don't want to go for a walk and all that and I love my alone time so when I say that like sometimes my alone time is when I'm feeling great and I'm yeah. just like enjoying it but I think yeah being able to go okay why do I feel like this okay because I'm sad and my body just wants you know a little pick-me-up so it, it's craving chocolate but I know that if I go and eat a whole block of chocolate I'm just going to feel sick and yeah. that's not going to help anything so it's better to you know have a bit of chocolate and go for a walk like it's just about finding that and listening to yourself and I think that's what as I've gotten older and definitely something it's going and I've done posts on this before but like my thoughts aren't real they're just thoughts well, not not real they're not always true yeah so it's like you have to be able to go, no, that's not right. That's not what's going to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're, you're almost parenting yourself, if yeah. that makes sense. I think so, because you can, you will find a justification. You will find an excuse for totally. anything you want to do. All you have to do is go shopping with people. And, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, that would be great mm-hmm. in this. And then you look at it, you're like, I do not need that. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the same. Like, you just have to be aware. And, like, you can literally find a reason justification for anything yeah and you especially if you want it (laughs) exactly and I think I had an interview last week um with a woman named Denise and she was talking about how as humans we're so in in touch with like um instant gratification and we'll put off pain put off pain but through that we will suffer so Mm -hmm. we're fine with suffering then we complain about the suffering mm-hmm. because we're we're you know instant gratifying ourselves because we're scared of the pain of doing that. If we just get it out of the way, mm-hmm. you know, then getting there. And I think yeah. that that speaks a lot to that. You know, we we know that we don't feel good when we don't do like for example, let's say going for a walk in the morning. We know that that's going to make us not feel very good, but at that time when it's cold outside, like instant yeah. gratification, I want to stay in my bed. But then you stay through that like that mentality. You're suffering because you know that you're beating yourself up mm-hmm. about it. So I think that it's important to, I guess, I think self-awareness is huge. Totally. If you catch yourself, because sometimes you do need to stay in bed. Yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. that you need to just get really honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Because there's no point in making excuses for yourself. No, exactly. Like there's, if you're going to make excuses, just don't like... Just don't. And it's like you know, like yeah. you know what, like what your um, authentic answer is, and I think that ignoring that, it's just uh, it's not a nice place. So I think you need to live true to your season that you're in, and I think, like I said, there are circumstances where you might m- might be better for you and your like mental health to stay in bed, um, totally. to not go for the walk. But I guess knowing the difference between that and then maybe like just being like lazy or like yeah. not being bothered. Totally, and knowing that you know you like you're your own master which sounds really weird when I say it like that but and I've definitely you know I guess through co-parenting through having a child like all of that I all the time am constantly like okay why am I thinking that 
why am I thinking this way? Like, and questioning myself. And I think it's okay to question yourself. You know, you see things out there and it's like, you should just go with your heart for a run. It's like, yes, but we're all so conditioned in the way we're conditioned from our childhood experiences, right, right, right. Yeah. It's so, it's a really interesting place to get where you go, ooh, why did I react that way? Why am I not going for a walk? Why am I not doing exercise as much as I want to? Like, what's what's my goal here and what's making, what's stopping me from doing that? Yeah. And then, like, tapping into that, I think that's the best way, like, to get to know yourself and learn about yourself and go, okay, well, you know, I feel tired, so I'm not doing it, even though I know, so I'm self-sabotaging. <laughs> like, and then you're like, okay, well, I'm self-sabotaging. Well, that's stupid, so I'm going to start doing it. And you can almost have that conversation with yourself. Yeah. And pull yourself out of it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make complete yeah. sense. I think that's, yeah, really important. So I'd like to touch on your experience, like, finding out that you were pregnant. Because how mm-hmm. were you 22? 23. 23. Um, when you found out. Do you have any advice for other young women or any women going through that situation? Um, what did I think? So I was with my best friend and I didn't believe the thing so I was like nah it's not two lines it was so clear I was like not two lines it can't be um and I'd been really anxious and that's why I thought to take one because I'm not a very anxious person I've been really lucky and I'm quite I'm not and so I felt really anxious and I was like oh I'm just gonna take a test like something feels off so I took it and she was like are you sure you want to go get another one like I'm pretty sure and I was like no we need one that says like pregnant the digital ones yes the digital ones and so I went and got one and sure enough it said pregnant it was only one to two weeks and I just think you don't even know what to think because um you know you it's always a possibility like if you're sleeping with someone there's always a possibility you know you can try and be the safest person ever and it's not gonna really you can still things things slip through that sounds bad (laughs) but like you know they can be it doesn't always work you hear people on the pill you hear like all that anyway and so I don't know I think if I was telling myself then it would be more like and I did this post on it the other day which is I don't know if it's going to sound relevant but to me and it was about it shall pass and how when you become a mum, everyone tells you it shall pass. And it's just this saying, it's like, you know, your baby's up every night screaming, it'll pass. And it's such a beautiful way to look at life. And I'm sad that I only heard it when I was a mum. Because if I had looked at myself now in that situation, I'd be like, you know, this is going to pass. This yucky moment that you're feeling that's full of anxiety and you don't know what's going to happen and uncertainty, it's going to pass. And what will be, will be. And it's yeah. going to be fine. And I just think... You know, whether you decide to keep it, whether you decide not to, obviously I decided to keep it, her, but um, <laughs> she's a thing now, um, like it's going to be fine and you're going to work through it and you just, but also at the same time, mum life is very full on. Mm. I think if I could tell myself now, I would be like, just take more seriously the idea of being a mum because I was like how cool I'm gonna have a tiny little mini me to follow me around all the time and that whole like you have that child for life like 18 years but it's more than that because you're never gonna emotionally detach yourself like that just seemed so not a problem (laughs) and it's not a problem but it it is a thing and you have a little person attached to you Mm -hmm. for the first I imagine like five years all the time and then slowly it must wean off but like it's a it's I think I didn't give the decision the weight that it deserved. Yeah. I was like, it's going to be fine. And I obviously don't regret it now. I have a beautiful daughter and like, she's the best. But if I was telling people, I would just, if you're in that situation, just take your time, really work through where you want to be in your future and where, you you know, what you want to be doing. And if a child can fit into that. Yeah. And how you're going to go about it. Because, you know, we're co-parenting now and we're really lucky because... We've had to really, I mean, that's a tough thing. And you, we have had to communicate and sort through it and all of that. And that te- that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, And so I think, I don't want to say make sure you're in a good relationship because I don't think that necessarily matters. I think it's just about whether you have the tools to create a happy life for yourself yeah. if you're in that situation. Does that yeah. make sense in a way? Yeah. Were you like quite a maternal 
Totally. Yeah. I nannied for years. I yes. thought I would be a young mum. I wanted five kids in my white picket fence house. Like I had it all sorted. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like I was like, yes, this is me. Like I'm going to be a young mum kind of thing. Um, and I guess that's why, you know, after I had Rocky and I was really isolated and I guess I never got diagnosed with personal depression. I still wouldn't say that that's what I had, mm-hmm. but I definitely, that adaption and that transformation into mum, into being a mother was so full on. Like you just yeah. can't understand it unless like I thought I've nannied before. I'll just, it'll just be like that. But you forget that at the end of nannying, you give them back to the parents yeah. and they're theirs for all, all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, instead you become the person who, it's dealing with the nights and the days and the relentlessness and the tantrums and everything. Yeah. You know? I would always be like, oh, I had a kid next year. I'd make yeah. it work. See? And I That's think what I was like. I think I realised, I was like, there's a difference between, like, making it work mm-hmm. and, like, and like my boyfriend always says, like, stop, because I'm always like, oh, what about when I'm 25? I'm like, what about when I'm yeah, yeah. like, stop putting an age on it. Yeah. Like, when you want to have kids and when you're ready to have kids, like, yeah. that's, that's what you should do. And, mm-hmm. like... And I completely like, and I do, so I did nannying as well. And like you said, there's no, there's no comparison. No. But I did um, a few, like, I was just doing like one day a week. So like no comparison at all to actually <laughs> having a child. But then there was um, a circumstance where I was doing like uh, three days in a row. So I was doing, I was getting there at 7am yeah. and I was leaving at 5.30 and doing that like three days and like mums will be rolling their eyes like, oh, that's not like you don't know the half of it. But oh no, my gosh. But that's when, still a lot. Because he's one. Yeah. And and I just had in my mind that like, you know, like and even my older sister always says like, Oh, we can sleep when they sleep and I'm like, literally like I all I had to do was entertain this child and like I wasn't like running around doing the housework, like mm-hmm. I wasn't like working all the, oh my goodness. It was just so the thought yeah. was overwhelming and it just like sort of made me think <laughs> it just dawned on you. Oh, like, oh. Yeah. Like how much work it actually is and it sounds dumb because everyone I feel like, you know, I remember you were saying in the um in one of your podcasts, like in one of the podcast interviews like people people tell you and people have told me like no when you have kids you're going to be really tired or yeah. when you have kids you're not going to have you time don't believe for yourself them. you're like no or like you'll never I sleep will. again or that sort of stuff yeah. and I'm like you're like I'll, I'll make it work myself. I'll, I'll, like, be I'll nap when they yeah. nap like no so I just think yeah there's a lot like and obviously I don't have that insight but I had that little like and talking to um the mum was lovely but she was like she's actually pregnant again and she was just like, she was, um, I think she's like in her early 30s. So she was kind of just like talking to me. Like she was 10 years mm-hmm. on from where I am, just saying like, slow down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, was, I really appreciated that because I just think, yeah. And no matter, I just don't think, even if you get told everything, you'll never know until it's you your You can't time. know until, but that's like everything. Yeah. It's like everything in life until you're doing it for yourself and experiencing it for yourself you're never gonna under oh, sorry understand okay. the um thing about it mm. so, exactly yeah. i was speaking to my younger sister she's in high school um and it's completely different but like just speaking about a few things that were happening and i was like oh my goodness trust me that will not matter mm-hmm. like don't even pay attention to it and then my older sister was like Ed, like that's what I would say to you when you were in high school, but yeah, you when you're going it. through it, yeah. you think that year twelve is like oh my god, the year apocalypse. 12. Yeah. You think it's the end of the world. You think it's the only. I thing used that to matters. be so mad after I finished year twelve. I was so mad at my teachers for making me feel like it was the end of the world because it wasn't. Like, and it should have been a fun year, and I just felt like everyone was like, "You should be studying eight hours a day on the weekend," and you're like, "Do I get a life?" Like, literally. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I think like until you go through those things yourself, like. It's so like hindsight is such a gift. It's so funny. But you can't yeah. give it to other people. I know. Like, I just wish I could like get inside her head and be like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. It's not even gonna matter. Like, because yeah. I look back at some of the things I did in high school, just like worrying so much mm-hmm. about what others thought of me, and that's I think the biggest transformation or the change I tried to make is caring less about what mm-hmm. others think because. We and that's such a think, powerful thing. Oh my goodness. We all think yeah. that when we're walking down the street that every single person is looking at you, watching your every move. And it's such a narcissistic thought because yeah. everyone's worried about themselves yeah. and everyone thinks that you're watching them. Yeah. So yeah, I think hindsight is a very beautiful thing. <laughs> um, so you've said that you and your partner separated. Was that when Rocky was eight months? It's eight months-ish. Yeah. yeah. 
and you, you've touched on isolation. So how was that? I mean, guess I guess being a young mum, there would be that, that element of isolation. Yeah. Did you have many I friends? I had a few friends, um, but they weren't – like, it wasn't, like, my best friends mm-hmm. going through it, but by any means, they were amazing. Um, I was the first one in my group, and I think – it's hard for them to realize that. And also because obviously we separated when we were, she was eight months. And so it wasn't the best relationship. Like we did our best with what we had. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like I had this safe space, I guess. Like, you know, if you are doing it when you kind of want to do it and you've got your person and they're your person forever and you've got this safe space and you've created this little thing and it's like this, I didn't really have that. And I think that made that hard and don't get me wrong Charlie helped as much as he could he would come home at lunch times and cook like it was we did our best but it's I think that that isolation within your own relationship as well is hard yeah and so yes I (laughs) um I found yeah I found the beginning and like you don't know what you're doing like they literally throw a baby on you and they're like here's your baby and you're like what like are you sure I'm equipped to look after this thing um and then that's it like it's just from there and I think and there's like such a big I think it's slowly becoming a thing but it's like people are so focused on the baby and it's like focus on the Mm mum if the mum is fine and the mum has a nap every now and then and is eating well and all that kind of stuff then the baby will be fine but if you and I think that gets skipped over a lot. Everyone's like, oh, because everyone wants to hold your baby. Yeah. And it's the most weirdest thing. Everyone who you haven't seen in so long comes over, holds your baby, and then you never see them again. It's the randomest thing. Yeah. Like relatives and like all these people, everyone wants to smell a newborn's head and then they just leave. And it's like, okay, great. And then you're kind of just left with you in this thing and you're there, I say thing, because they're like a potato in the beginning and you don't know what they want and they just cry. And yeah. you're like, okay. Um, so you're just playing a guessing game. Um, and you just, it's all day. And I think that's the part, like you said, when you're doing seven to whatever and mum, you're doing it all the time. It's really boring. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's really mind numbing. <laughs> like I found like, I don't, I don't want to sit and play with a rattle for Especially six hours of a day. Like, they, like lifting yeah. their head is like mm-hmm. a big thing. Like, I don't know when that happens, but like, I can't remember really. I think it's, yeah. But like, you have to just. And Rocky, bless her, because she's amazing, but she is very clingy. She's mm-hmm. always been a very clingy little thing. And she, she used to want to sleep on me. She didn't want to sleep anywhere else. She would wake up within 10 minutes. So it was like, you try and have a shower, like put her down, run and have a shower. Like, it's just, I guess it's that thing. Like everything's harder when you've got a tiny little thing to carry around and look after. Yeah. And so, yeah. But I mean, I had friends, but I was a young one. So it was quite isolating beautiful and rewarding as well but very um yeah I just felt alone a lot and I felt like no one was quite understanding where I was at yeah and that's a hard thing I think to just be like yeah and the sleep deprivation really got me like that killed me yeah I can't I cannot imagine I put a story up last night and it was like when I get five hours of sleep sleep and all the stuff you can do like you do learn like I can be I can survive on and that, that is one thing I've learned from the sleep deprivation. I am never scared about not sleeping now because I just know that I can survive on no sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're a new mom and you really are sleep deprived and, you know, it's one of those things that just comes with it and everyone's just like, it just comes with it and it's just how you do it and you're just going to be tired. And then there comes a point where it's like, no, 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 this isn't really normal anymore and I'm actually really struggling. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for people and it's hard, it was hard for me to get people to hear me properly. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because yeah. you're like, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. You're like, this broken record. And all your family and stuff are like, oh, she's always tired. Because, you know, she's a mum. And then it gets to the point where it's like, no, like, I'm actually so tired. Like, yeah. I'm not happy. Like, it's affecting my mental health. Like, I need sleep. And, like, so I think that was a hard thing for me. Because I – and I'm so – I didn't want to ask for help as well. Not because – but I just was like – no, I should be fine. Every other mum's fine. Like every mum I see on social media is fine. Like all this stuff, like how am I not fine with this? And I think that's why with mine, I've been so like, I do sleep posts like every, I don't know, so many because I'm like, 
if you're struggling and you're sleep deprived, like it's okay and that's yeah. normal. And like, it doesn't mean you're failing at being a mom. It doesn't mean that you're not doing a good job. Some babies like Rocky and children, cause she's still now, are just really wakeful. Yeah. And it's like slowly, but surely it's kind of like torture, mm. but yeah. So I think, yeah, had I, and I always laugh cause I'm like, Oh, cause I want kids eventually in the future. And I'm like, Oh, well, at least I've had it as worse as they possibly can. <laughs> no sleep. <laughs> and so I'm like, Oh, it'll be all uphill from there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that you make a really interesting point. I think like when there's a new baby in the family, you'll like rush over to the house and mm-hmm. all the attention is on the baby. You're holding the baby. Like mm-hmm. it's so nice. The mum like is probably craving so much like actual, cause like babies don't talk. Like mm-hmm. you don't have any sort of stimulating conversation. I yep. think like that would happen so much and especially yep. because you know you were separated mm-hmm. I just think that would have been so tough like I, I actually think that. once I separated it became a much um like a lot of my friends and stuff would come around a lot more mm-hmm. because I was by myself yeah and that I think was nice I felt like they would come around a lot and I was living back closer to my family and my friends and they would come around and they would help and you know at the beginning when I separated literally nearly every night someone was around at dinner time because that was a hard time for me to get dinner done all that kind of stuff and that was just so helpful and so I feel like it not that it took the separation but once the separation occurred and then people were like oh she is by herself she's she needs help then they all kind of pulled together and that was really nice so that was a beautiful feeling of community that came with that Mm. um i think it's almost like you don't want to intrude either i think like i you know being younger my auntie's um having children it was kind of like they've just had a baby like let them have exactly yeah yeah. you don't want to go in and like they're probably like i don't want to ask them because Mm -hmm. so it's like it's just i guess you know both sides of the equation kind of like just you know voicing how how they feel and being like you know if you want me to come i can yes um but yeah, definitely. I feel like on your Instagram, it's amazing that you're, it's amazing for other mothers because they're seeing like, okay, I'm not alone in this mm-hmm. battle, but it's also amazing for people who aren't mothers because they can see that yeah. perspective, that side yeah. of it, because sometimes it can be a little bit tricky for me. I think, oh, well, why would they want me to come over? Or like, why would they want? Yeah. Someone yeah. There? Why would they you want? Know, they have it. Cause it's kind of like romanticized. I mean, you don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking that they're just sitting like in front of their house, yeah, loving life, so happy. (laughs) Yeah, when sometimes you just you know you need that friend to come around and just talk to you about what's happening in life. Yeah, because you're so far removed from it. And I guess that's the thing. And like for me, I kind of stopped work and I stopped modeling and I stopped all of that. And so it was like all my social interactions had to come from people who were coming to visit me. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, I'm going to work. Like you know the dad. I say the dads and that's very stereotypical of mm-hmm. our society, but whoever decides to go back to work and however that works for that family, they're getting that interaction with other humans, Yeah, you know? And then, you know, they come home and I remember Charlie used to come home and I'd be more talkative and stuff because I'm just so bored and I've had no interaction all day, you know? And so I think it's important to remember, and that's why like mother's groups and stuff, like if you are about to have a baby or you've got a little one, go to your mother's groups. Mm-hmm. Like that was the lifesaver for me. Yeah. Just all different women, all different careers, all different walks of life, but all in this little environment and space together of having a newborn and just being able to, you know, even, and normally it's done by area. So just having those people, like one of the girls, we would go, I think nearly every morning we'd go for a walk mm-hmm. around the botanical gardens because we both live near there. And just to have that coffee with someone else and how did your night go? Well, my night was crap because this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And just have that person to bounce baby things off, I guess. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I think that, like, having a child at any age is going to be removing you from that life that you would have mm-hmm. had without the child, but especially because you would have been seeing your friends, I'd imagine, at 23 going out totally. and doing those things, oh going on gosh. trips. And it's yeah. like, I, you wouldn't have been able to, like, imagine doing that. So no. I think that was an added, added like um, layer of feeling isolated. Yes, yeah, 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 definitely. You've touched a little bit on co-parenting. Mm-hmm. How has that been? How has that experience been? And what do you think for you two? I guess it would be 
so different for everyone going through that but like what is successful co-parenting what did you when you realized you guys were going to separate what were you thinking okay this is what I want maybe it can't happen right now but what do I want out of this yeah so I think long term um it was about I guess in a really basic way not having to have two of everything not having to have two birthday parties because we couldn't be in the same room as each other. Not yeah. having to have two separate parent-teacher interviews because we can't sit down together. Um, I think on a basic level it was that. But then Charlie and Charlie really pushed for this. I didn't have much experience with it um, and co-parenting and stuff. And it actually took me a really long time to get over the fact that I was not going to have a mainstream family. Because yeah. I grew up with a mainstream family and mm-hmm. I just couldn't... I was like, what do you mean? Like, no. But now... And look, and then, you know, I came and Charlie kept being like, you know, I want to be friends. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and so we just, you know, so much communication and time and work has gone into our relationship. And I mean, now we are living together and that's pretty cool. Like I think, and Rocky loves it. Um, and it was all just about, I guess, making it a loving environment for her. And we both agreed that I don't think you can love a child too much. Like, mm-hmm. And we wanted to get to a space where we were friends and we would hang out together. And I always loved the idea that if we had... And we this is only the first time we've lived together. So before now, we've been in separate places. Um, you know, I would come around for dinner or I would pick up or drop off. You'd stay for dinner and stuff. And there's so many different levels of it. We're actually... And that's a funny thing. Like, I think people expect when they meet us and they see us together, they expect us to not kind of get on. But we're... We're so like, and this is going to sound really weird, but I almost think of him in a brotherly kind of way. It's like that person that you can have an argument with, you can be annoyed at, but you know it's going to come back to a fine place. And I think we had that from very early on and it was like, this is where we will end up. I'm doing hand movements. (laughs) This is where we'll end up and this is where we are now and we're going to make this work. And so no matter any argument, no matter what, we always would come back to a, a safe space. Yeah, I guess. it's like that yeah. sense of family. Yes, yeah. the family. Yes, exactly, the family aspect. And also, like, and, you know, it's different because some people might have one parent who wants to co-parent and one that just wants it to be completely separate. And yeah. so I think every situation is different and if you don't have both of you on board, it's not going to work, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but we both, yeah, we both wanted to make it work and so we've done it. And, like, it's been, the, it's been a roller coaster. Like, it's not, I think, I mean... I kind of touch on it, but we also like to be quite private about it. But it's like, you know, you don't just split up and then it's all fine. Like there's things to work through and you have to work through, well, this was what I thought, well, this is what I was thinking. And there's so much communication. But I think now we're at this beautiful space where it's like, well, this is what I was thinking. What do you think? Yeah. And it's that compromise. And yeah, it's, yeah. I'm pretty proud of us. We're pretty... I think we're very lucky. I think it's amazing. I think it's really good. And I think that Rocky is just going to be so grateful when she's older, looking yeah. back and sort when she has a little bit of insight, being like, that would have been really hard to sort mm-hmm. of like work out. And she's just going to be so much better for it. So I think it's... I hope so, really yeah. Um, so we've talked about your social media a little bit. Mm-hmm. You do share a lot and you're very vulnerable. And I think it's great because you, you get to connect with other people going through the same thing. Yes. Um, was it hard? Have you so have you always? I guess were you vulnerable before you had Rocky? Is it? I guess it would be a new type of vulnerability. And has that yeah. been hard? Is there like I think I've country? always been a very open person, mm-hmm. and I, I small chat annoys me. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. And I just I think what I realized. Well, I actually were I deleted Instagram for a bit, and then I decided to come back to it when I was finding my feet. Rocky just after this. Um, we separated Mm -hmm. and um I think it was that I think I just realized that I had so many people following me and that I had to be really sensible with that yeah if that makes sense yeah and so that has kind of then led me into I didn't really have like a vision of where it would go or anything but I just kind of it's evolved into this cool like place where I you know I share what I'm learning and what I'm doing and how it's going and motherhood and psychology and everything and that's all stuff I'm interested in and I'm always educating myself about and that I'm doing a lot in teaching yeah because I'm studying my masters of teaching now um and I just want to be yeah I just don't for me it didn't make sense if I couldn't be relatable or vulnerable 
to have an Instagram. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to just post random photos of doing stuff. And like, I just, it just didn't feel right with me anymore. Yeah. Um, and also like, I think it's, yeah, in a, in a social media world that can be so confusing, I think it's nice to just bring it back and just be really basic. And I like, you know, I don't really promote anything. I don't, I'm just, it's just there and it's like a hobby of mine. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've read a cool book and this is the message. I want to share that. And I've always loved writing. Um, I always thought I'd write a book at some point. Um, everyone says that, but I don't know what it would be on. But I've just I loved should. writing and stuff mm. like that. So I think I've just kind of encompassed all of that into it. Um, is, does that answer the question? Yeah, 100%. I think that when you, when you come from an authentic place like you have... It, I guess it would, does it feel like a release when you when you do write those those long captions? Um, kind of. I just I think I just I just like spreading knowledge about being aware and yeah. conscious of your actions and especially in parenting. Like you know, I speak a lot about just patience and stuff like that. And that's probably not how I saw myself parenting. I thought it would be very. I don't know. I guess I identified more with an authoritarian approach, which is quite my way or the highway. Yeah. And then as I became a mum, I was like, oh no, like that's not, I'm not, that's not what I am. Yeah. And so that has been a journey for me in itself. And I think most of all, it's probably the feedback I get from people and mums going, oh my gosh, this happened to me the other day. Thank you for giving me a tool to, you know, or helping me understand that my child's not hating me. They're just going through something themselves, you know? Yeah. And that has been really nice. And that's like, you know, in teaching, you do a lot about how behavior is an underlying something. So there's something and you're acting out, the child's acting out because they don't feel they belong or they, they're, you know, they're feeling insecure about their work. And yeah. so it's just, I guess, finding that, place and learning all this stuff and knowing stuff is so cool and I just want to share it I'm like everyone should know this yeah I love that I think that's the best like having a platform like you have a platform and it's just so authentic and you can tell because I feel like it's just so and you can tell it just follows your your life your life and like what you're learning and I think that's just a really beautiful thing and like you said with the boot camps you're like this is what I love. Like, this is what I have. I want to share it with you guys. And I think yeah. that when it comes from that sort of, when it comes from that intention, it's, it's really, mm -hmm. really nice. And I think a lot of people just resonate with that and relate with it. That's really nice. Um, so you've said in an interview before that you were like your fittest right before you felt yes. pregnant. Oh my gosh. So how did you sort of, how did it feel mentally being like, so I guess limited, like after having Rocky, how did you ease back yeah. into that? That was hard. The first workout I did, I cried because mm -hmm. I was like, I'd never, and like this sounds, but I've, I'd never been unfit before. Yeah. I played basketball in her life. I've been to the gym. I, right before I had Rocky, I was running 10K for fun. Like I just was so fit. And then I guess I walked 6K up until the day she was born. So mm -hmm. I was walking that every day and I was doing my workouts to try and get her out of me. I was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but... Like, yeah, that, because they say six weeks, but it, six weeks is the minimum. Like, and I think I thought, yeah, six weeks and I'll be able to go for a run and it'll be fine. But like, that's just not how it works. Yeah. Everything's moved. Like your organs have moved, like, and nothing feels quite the same. You've, like for me, I was breastfeeding, so I had these huge boobs or like just, I was, you know, hunching all the time and you're tired. And I think it was a really confronting thing and something that really I learned patience. And like, it's also that thing. And like I talk about, and a few times I posted about it as well, like priority for me now is not fitness every day. Like I probably work out three or four times a week and that's fine for me. And it's, but fitness is funny because it's one of those things I think people feel really guilty if they don't do it, not realizing that you can always build on it. And I think that was one of the things that I learned, like it's just a little bit now and then it will get easier and then it will get easier and easier and easier. Um, I would also recommend joining a team sport. Mm -hmm. That was probably the easiest. I went back to basketball and that was probably the easiest way because you don't realize you're doing exercise. Yeah. So it's like... And the social aspect, I guess, Yes, as well. the social aspect. Even yeah. now, like, I love my Thursday night basketball. I mm. just love it. Like, 
it's with my mum and like just it's so fun that's so good it's cute yeah um but yeah that was definitely something I had to get used to and kind of work through but then once you kind of get back into the swing of it it's okay it's just about adaption and knowing your body and your limits kind of thing yeah I see like on your Instagram a lot you post like workouts like with Rocky and like you're always being like you know this is I do this because I want to feel healthy and strong Mm -hmm. blah 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 also from a nutrition standpoint like I guess you portray that it's important to you to Mm -hmm. sort of like be a really good role model do you feel any pressure surrounding that or it's just like something Mm -hmm. that's always been important to you and it's how you were raised or yeah I was raised with mum and dad always playing sport we played sport and all that kind of stuff and with Rocky I think it was just you know it's important I think and when you become a parent it's kind of something that doesn't happen but you're like they literally watch everything you are their first insight into the world and how people live and how they do things yeah so I think it's so important to take that role um I think we take that role too lightly. And so working out with Rocky is a pain in the butt. Like, it is so annoying. I actually, funny, last night I videoed my workout and I'm going to try and – I'm not very tech savvy, so I'm going to try and put it all together and put it up because I think people think that Rocky just, like, sits over on the side. I mean, I've done photos of her and stuff that I have, and she's just – you know, it's not – it's not. it doesn't flow. I go and get food, like, three times. I give hugs. I put shoes on. I do all these things in between the workout. So it's not a flowing workout and – it's annoying, but it's also so important for me, for her to know that, you know, oh, mummy's exercising because it makes her feel good. And she'll come yeah. up and she'll be like, oh, mummy, you're so sweaty. I'm like, yeah, I'm exercising hard. It's good for my heart. Mm. And she's like, loves it. And I'll be like, should we do some exercise? And she'll be like, yeah. And she'll go get her little dumbbells and like bring them out. <laughs> I know, that's it's so, so cute. cute. But like, I just want her to see, I guess, and that's what we're showing young children is the normality of life. And I want her to know that it's normal to exercise your body mm-hmm. three times a week. You know, yeah. it's normal for mummy to go play basketball and a team sport and all that kind of stuff and cook good food. And that's why we're like quite um, diligent with the food that we choose and not diligent, like selective and to put in front of her because we want her to learn the good habits, Yeah, you know, because yeah. there's so much of the bad stuff out there for when she eventually goes out there that we're trying to provide the best foundation of good food for now yeah 100% so after this chat I kind of just have like one last question Mm -hmm. nobody is like a superwoman no one can do everything but you seem to have a lot of balls like in the air with your study like with teaching with Rocky you know having like social media as a hobby what would you say to somebody who just asked you like how do how do you do it like everything support yeah I have the best family support when Charlie is here Charlie travels a lot but when he's here he's so hands on Mm -hmm. um and yeah support I mean we have a babysitter for when I go to uni um she's going to little kinder next year though so excited oh sorry Molly um yeah support I don't think anyone gets anywhere by themselves and I think you know I think we're past that thing of like just rely on yourself, no one else. Like, you've got to ask for help and you need to do that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm only studying uni part-time, so that's helpful too. I couldn't – well, no, I could have managed to do it full-time, but it would have meant that I wouldn't be with Rocky much. And I really want to be, I mean, a stay-at-home mum, I guess, so to speak. Um, but then on the other end of it, my brain was turning into mush, so yeah. I had to study something. Um, but, yeah, I think – support when I have long stints by myself so Charlie has done a few stints of six weeks Mm -hmm. towards the end of it I'm pretty much losing my mind yeah um but I do have great family and stuff and you know then he comes back and I kind of handball for the first week and just we juggle a lot and then I settle back into bed but I also enjoy it I enjoy doing everything and I enjoy juggling I work better and I feel better when I've got lots of things on and lots of things to do when I'm organizing and stuff like that so I think, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. You just I do think, it. Yeah. You and just... I think that's the thing, like, sometimes with social media, like you said, it's hard to see. Some people don't share that they have a babysitter or that they have, like, somebody to help. And it can look really daunting, I guess. I'm not a mother, but for other mothers who might be looking at these pages being like, well, they mm. do it all by themselves. And Mm-mm. they run a business and, and they are studying full time and blah, 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 blah. I think it's so important 
how honest you are because like you said like you do have a following and you do have that responsibility yeah totally and i think like that is just so important and people downplay it and you know that people they have a right to you know show whatever they want and mm-hmm. to portray whatever sort totally. of life that they want mm-hmm. but then we as consumers then have that responsibility too to know that well, yeah just we don't not believe live, it yeah we don't like, have to live up to any sort of expectation and that if something looks way too good to be true, it probably is. Yes, you know? totally. Yeah. And I think that's hard. Like, people are selective. And all you're seeing is a tiny little moment. Like, you're not seeing anything. And, like, it's so important to remember that. Um, but, yeah, like, you just you can't – you don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. you, you can see people who put up – you know, some people are really real and they'll put up themselves crying in the car. Everyone cries in the car every now and then. Yeah. But, like, you wouldn't pick it from Instagram. Like, exactly. It's just, yeah, I think, I think it's scary and like, and it's scary raising a girl. I'm like, oh, one, I hope Instagram's gone by the time she's old enough (laughs) to be on it. But like, it's just that thing that you want everyone to know that there's no point comparing your life to other people because everyone's just doing their own thing. And I don't really think anyone has any clue what they're doing. I think we're all just kind of like doing what we think is meant to be right and like hoping for the best. Um... But, yeah, so I think, yeah, for anyone listening, just don't compare yourself to people on social media. Yeah. And find people that relate. Like, I've put up posts before, like, everything you consume, you become. So, like, if you're following, you know, broad example, bikini people who just post millions of things of bikinis and it makes you feel shit about yourself, just stop following them. Yeah, you have that power to do that. Yeah, you have the power to do that. And if someone, you know, is... I don't know, being nasty and not like, I feel like even with friendships and stuff, if it's not serving you anymore, just gently let it go. Yeah. Like it doesn't, I think we sometimes get so caught up in thinking that we need to be responsible for other people. We don't need to be responsible for other people. We just need to be responsible for them. So as long as we're a gentle, nice person about it, I don't think there's a problem in going, this is not right for me. Yeah. You know, as far as Instagram, love, relationships, whatever it is. And yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I just have some quick cues, which are kind yes. of like rapid fire. So okay. just like first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. So beach or snow? Beach. Same. Cardio or weights? Ooh, cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, home-cooked meal or home-cooked that meal. you have to cook or ubeats? Home-cooked meal. Okay. Um, if you could meet one celebrity, dead or alive, who would it be? Barack Obama. Okay, nice. Yeah, he seems cool. Um, and running or walking? Running. Like, why do we have to walk everywhere? It takes so long. I just want to run. I'm like, it's so socially weird for me to run down the street right now. Yeah. I know. I've tried to get back. I was really running a lot. And I had to, like, force myself to do my morning walks. Oh. Because I was like... It felt... Once you get into a really good rhythm of, like, running a lot, you go for a walk and you're like... Oh, weird. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it totally. Took me an hour to and it's so and slow. It's... You're like, come on, <laughs> exactly. faster. Yeah. Ellie, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Oh, thank and you I for having me. Oh, where can I'll link your um, Instagram sure. below? Sure. Yeah. Um, but do you want to just say? Oh, it's just Ellie Lemons, like E L L I E, and then lemons like the fruit. Every yeah. time I say that, people look at me funny. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I literally like the fruit. Yeah. Um. Yes. Perfect. Love it. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. And that is a wrap on another Real Health podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to, go leave me a rating review because it really means a lot to me. Thank you for sharing the podcast and thank you for listening because I love talking about my passion and I love people enjoying me talking about my passion. So please keep sharing and please keep listening because it means the world to me. Talk to you guys really soon.